1: Here's your host, John Chapman.
0: All right, 49ers fans. It is, mid. it's another episode. We had practice today, which is awesome. We're going to go through a lot, uh, way too much that I have time for, but uh, excited to be here to talk uh, 49ers football, and uh, I'm sorry that I'm going kind of live while the press conferences are going on, that is not my goal, however, uh, Daddy Chapman's got to get his son to the orthodontist appointment, so I wanted to get this episode out today just because there's so much to talk about um so many injuries good gosh um so kind of tuck in get your ice out be ready to ice down some joints because we're going to cover a whole bunch of injuries we're going to hear from kyle shanahan george kittle during that uh time as well we do have some more roster movement with all these injuries you've got to address some issues so uh some movement around there we're going to talk about that then we're going to get into the george kittle details of his contract which finally came out about an hour ago um cap issues through the past, uh through the future what those uh numbers are all that kind of stuff and kind of what that gives us looking forward and then we're going to finish this episode uh with kind of the meat and potatoes if you will our defensive roster projection for the initial 53 man roster now if you missed our last episode please go back and listen uh we went through the offensive positions and all those things and here's what's crazy Um, I've never been a part of a season quite like this one. I don't think anybody has with COVID and all the kind of stuff that's going on, but I want to change my roster projections from the offense already. Uh, things are just that crazy. And whenever you look at the defense, which just like the offense has been riddled with injuries, man, there's going to be some crazy tough decisions because this roster that the 49ers have put together for the 2020 season, it is stacked There is so much depth, but with the number 53 being so limited and you have to carry so many positions, you have some very strong positions that, you know, you could talk about justifying six to seven guys at the same position, and then at the other positions, you're just like, we've got to have somebody, but if, you know, you talk about the nickel cornerback position, which which we will, if you're bringing somebody in to start who's getting first team reps day in and day out, that person's going to make the roster. Uh, he might not be a household name, but he's going to make the roster over somebody else that a lot of fans covet. And we'll kind of jump into all those things and figure that out. But first and foremost, we got to talk injuries. Okay. Um, I mean, just a real quick rundown. You got Brandon Ayuk, D. Ford, Nick Bosa, DJ Jones, Ross Reynolds, <laughs> Ross Dwelly, uh, multiple Rosses down. What is friends going to do? Um, sorry about that joke. Uh I've been teaching as well, so got the dad jokes going on today. So let's jump in with Brandon Ayuk. Um He has been exceptional. He has exceeded every single person's, whether you're talking Jimmy Garoppolo, wide receivers, line coaches, whomever, beat reporters. Brandon Ayuk has beyond excelled um, where Debo was last year. If you go back and you remember where Debo was, he wasn't even a starter week one. Uh, He didn't start getting starter snaps until week two and week three. Brandon Ayuk's a starter. Period. Already day one, you know, I was thinking he would be phased in slowly. Nope. <laughs> they are bidding this kid full speed ahead. Now, the problem with that is he ended practice on Sunday. There was no practice Monday. They had the day off finally, thank God. I kind of wish they would have done the practice uh, day off one day earlier. Uh, they just got way too tired and overworked, and this is kind of what happens in a shortened training camp. You have crazy injuries. So Kyle Shanahan was asked exactly how IUK's doing and what they're expecting for him, and we got some good news. Now, this is a quick one, but uh, let's hear Kyle Shanahan talk about the injury. To Brandon Ayuk, and then Ayuk, we got that back yesterday. From what we thought at first, um, considered it good news, could end up just being a mild strain. Um, but he'll be week to week also with his hamstring. And so that's week to week is okay. Uh, now the problem with hamstrings is they can reflare up. Uh, that's kind of the problem. You can go back to Odell Beckham Jr.'s rookie year where he missed the first four weeks. Because of that hamstring. You rest it, you heal, you're going to be good to go. And usually the hamstrings happen to those skill position players, those speed guys that have to open it up full speed. Um, is there the possibility that you're not going to have Debo or Brandon Ayuk for week one? Whew, if that's the case, man... It, not that it's a doomsday scenario. That's not what it is at all. Kendrick Bourne's going to be a starter. I think Trent Taylor's going to be a starter. And then maybe Dante Pettis. You know, for the people that get out there, the Dante Pettis conspiracy theory. He's just sniping whoever's out ahead of him nonstop. And Pettis has had a great camp. So, you know, that Kyle Shanahan has been very adamant with what it is about Brandon Pettis, that kind of gets under his skin. And Pettis came out and even said, you know, I did not take coaching well. I took it personal. I wasn't where I needed to be, but I'm changing that this year. And camp has reflected that. So the idea of Dante Pettis being a starting wide receiver, which we all assumed was a foregone conclusion in 2019, eh, it, it might happen. It might happen this year. Another prominent starter is D. Ford, uh, who has had a lot of injuries. You know, the knee tendinitis is a big deal. But this was not a knee issue. Um, you know, he went out there, took basically one rep on Sunday and went straight to the locker room and was done. It was a lower leg issue, which is scary because you're thinking, oh man, is this a knee? Uh, but no, it wasn't. It was actually calf and Kyle Shanahan's going to kind of just outline this for us and let us know exactly what to expect with D Ford. Ford had calf irritation. Um, he's had it the last couple days, um, went through it two days ago. And then yesterday came out for warmups and it was just a little bit too tight. So we did not want to risk it two days ago. And then we gave him today off for it also. So he's day to day with it. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Yeah. Day to day is what you want to hear with any injury. Day to day is great week to week, not so much. Uh, and then you can get into, well, we're hoping week one, right? So that's two weeks away. That's a problem talking about Debo there. Now, Nick Bosa has now missed two practices um, and the quote that came out of Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala's mouth was routine maintenance. Now, the press conferences got started today, and they cut off the initial question. So you jumped into the press conference if you've watched on YouTube, the 49ers channel. You don't know who Kyle Shanahan's answering the question for. They started the broadcast late, which is very frustrating. Pretty sure they were talking about Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa won. And now y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, again, I'm trying to get all the qualifiers out there because that's what it, the assumption was. It seemed as if Nick Bosa um, came out ready to practice. But the MRI results came back and said there's a little bit more damage than they had hoped for. So just keep them out for precaution. That's kind of where they're at um you know there was no major injury sign nobody saw him get hurt he just walked off the field to the sidelines and he just hasn't been out there in 3 days now if you take a step back look at 2019 look at what Nick Bosa did with basically no training camp he was injured the entire time uh, last year and he came out and put up one of the most dominant rookie defensive performances that we can remember so not too worried about Nick Bosa but the problem is whenever you keep adding all these nicked up players Man, you've got 14 days before the season starts. That's it. You've got to figure this out and you got to get it going. Um, you know, it, it's kind of where we are, and I get it. You, you don't want to baby your players. You gotta get them ready, but man, be careful. <laughs> we can't lose more of these guys. Now, a good a good thing, DJ Jones, who's gonna be the starting nose, um, he missed time with the concussion, but he got back in. And so he's back. They thought it was a shoulder. Uh, Eventually, he got ruled as having a concussion, cleared concussion protocol. He was back out there today. He got an interception off of a tipped pass, which was awesome. Uh, He ran it back a ways, and then they forced a fumble on him, uh, catching the big man from behind. Got to tuck that elbow whenever you're running for that pick six, big guy. (laughs) It's part of it. Now, also at the nose position, which I think is important, is Solomon Thomas. You know, Solomon Thomas... He is starting to get starter snaps at uh the same position which this is where he should be. <laughs> you know, if we we step back and you know, I've I've ridden we've all been on the Solomon Thomas roller coaster where we were so excited, you know, draft him third pick overall and to say that he has been underwhelming is huge. But the one thing that we can say, he is finally playing a position that he played in college. And to quote Solomon Thomas, that's where I made my money at Stanford. Um, and so hopefully we can finally start to see starter contribution from, or at least just backup contribution. I know the snaps for Solomon Thomas were relatively high from the three technique and five technique position last year. But hey, maybe inside's better. He's buffed up. He's got. He's added about 10 pounds. And the practice reps seem to tell the story that he's doing well, uh, which is awesome. You know, Basically, what I want is just equal number of penalties and sacks. That's it. Uh, He's at about a 2-to-1 penalty-to-sack ratio right now. If Solomon Thomas does well, nobody will be a bigger fan than I am. I just don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I hope that he hits that. Um, I I, I hope that happens. Uh, Love the question here, Sebastian. (laughs) Who is the training camp Manscaped Player Award for the most clean and shaving? You got to go George Kittle. I mean, the dude's just loaded now. Uh, It's got to be George Kittle. So, again, as always, I do want to say thank you to everybody that's here. Countdown crew, hashtag CC. Love you guys. Keeping track of all those. We've got some more stuff in the works coming your way soon. Now, keep going with the injuries. This is the really bad. Ross Reynolds, the fourth center. That the 49ers have lost so far in training camp. Uh, He was carted off the field. Uh, Haven't heard any new news, but you've got to think it's probably bad. Wouldn't be surprised if his season's done. But again, that's just speculation. Uh, But anytime you see somebody carted off the field in practice, straight to the locker room, not a good thing. Um, Definitely not a good thing. Now, Roz Dwelly, he had a foot issue. Uh, He shouldn't be out long. But because of this, they had to make another adjustment in the roster. They go in and they sign Eric Swope. They bring him in, the tight end. He played with the Colts for four years, uh, undrafted free agent. He's uh, 6'4", 255 out of University of Miami. He hasn't really caught on anywhere. Uh, He was out of the league completely last year. But in order to make space for him, we lost one of our prized undrafted free agents, Salvin Ahmed, all the Huskers uh, are kind of upset about this one, but it's it, it's kind of the way it goes. And Salvin Ahmed, he's been behind uh, Jamichael Hasty the entire time through training camp. And here's the deal. You know, you're going through these beat reporters, and you start reading all the things that are out there. And, I, you know, I can say this. This is from Kyle Posey of Niners Nation, who does a hell of a job, first off. Um, he came out and basically said this. On Sunday's practice, Salvin Ahmed fumbled twice, put the ball on the ground twice. Uh, kind of got pissed off, the coaches did, took him out. He never got another carry Sunday. They cut him today. So it just goes to show you, he got Matt Breida. He got the Matt Breida treatment. You fumble, Kyle Shanahan's going to get rid of you. One, he doesn't put a lot of money and or outside of Jerick McKinnon into the running back position. He doesn't spend draft picks on the running back position. You're replaceable. <laughs> so you drop the ball, you are gone. And on top of that, Michael Hasty has just kind of outperformed him at every single level and just so many positives with that player. So uh, now I don't think that this is the end of Salvin Ahmed. Um, I don't think that he's going to be picked up on another team, but he is going to be a practice squad eligible player. Um, and I would not be surprised. You know, I've gotten into a couple of debates like why would you cut these players now if you're going to put them on your practice squad? practice squad is twofold this year. There's 16 practice squad spots. 6 can be veterans, 10 can uh, fall under the old guidelines of, you know, two or less accrued seasons. So, those 6 veteran practice squad spots, that's to help you now with depth, COVID injuries, whatever. Those are this year contribu- uh, contributors. The other part of the practice squad is long-term development, especially for good teams like the 49ers, because you're not going to get top-end draft picks. So you have to put guys like Salvin Ahmed, Ahmed, um, you know, just all these different players that you can put there and groom for a year, just like Roz Dwelly, uh, just like Emmanuel Mosley, to try to get them up to where you want them to be in the future. They have the traits. They're just not polished enough to be there now. So... Even though, um, you know, Ahmed was cut early, doesn't mean that he will not be brought back. Uh, That's just the way that it goes. Uh, Now, it's possible they don't, but I think that there is a strong chance that he will be brought back, for sure. Uh, A couple other things Javon Kinlaw I want to talk about. We're through with the injuries. No more talking about injuries. Javon Kinlaw, um, how do you say this? He has struggled with certain facets of his game. There's zero nuance um it's it's just bull rush or bust and a lot of the guards like lakin tomlinson are having their way with them because they know exactly what's coming it's the equivalent of the houston astros you cheat you get the signs it makes life easier for you even if you are a crappy organization like the houston astros i want to throw as much shade on them as possible i know it's not baseball screw those guys anyway Um, but whenever you're an offensive lineman going against a superior athlete like Javon Kinlaw, you know what he's doing every time. He's just trying to bull rush, which we all knew he could do. And there's a place for that. However, in his current situation, it's almost impossible to see Javon Kinlaw being any more than a first or second down player For the first probably month of the season, he's got to develop something else. Um, Now, it doesn't mean that that's a wasted pick. It doesn't mean that he's a bust. It doesn't mean that he's underperformed. It just means he has not added the keys to his game that we all thought that he would have to add. You go back and watch his film at South Carolina, you're seeing the same thing over and over again. He's just running over people. Gotta spice it up. So that means um, the depth that takes place behind him is huge. Um, You know, you've got guys like Kevin Gimmons, Julian Taylor's going to be out for a while. He's going to be a pup guy. But those guys, Contavious Street, um, again, we already mentioned Solomon Thomas. Those guys are going to be able to get more playing time, uh, which is going to be interesting. Now, also want to talk about Jason Verrett. It does seem like he has an outside shot to be the week one starter at cornerback opposite of Richard Sherman. Now, from every single beat writer's report, it does seem Emmanuel Mosley has been the most consistent. It has always kind of been there. But they are giving Jason Verrett a for-real opportunity to win this job. Kelo Witherspoon definitely seems to be on the outside looking in, even though he's still getting a lot of first-team reps in practice. But it does seem it's Emmanuel Mosley and then just barely slightly behind him is Jason Verrett at this time. Which, again, go back to you know Super Bowl last year myself included, was ready just to hand the starting job to Emmanuel Mosley, and I still hope he wins it out. But I love the fact that they're having this competition there. you got to earn it. Uh, What you've done in the past doesn't do it. You know, Jason Verrett's ceiling is as high as can be. His speed seems to be back to where it should be uh, before all of the injuries, which he's had a lot. Uh, But who knows? We'll we'll just have to kind of see what happens. Another player that's standing out, DFF, Demetrius Flanagan-Foles fighting for that fifth linebacker spot, uh, which is tough. You know, you've got these three guys kind of fighting it out back there uh, between Aziz Al-Shahar, you've got Mike uh, Mark Nizocha and now DFF, who's just making plays nonstop. And so you've got those three guys fighting for two spots. Whoever lands there... They're going to get a job somewhere else. (laughs) You're not going to be able to keep those three guys. Uh, Look at David Mayo, who lost out to all three of them last year. Uh, He started half of the season (laughs) for the Giants, and he's a projected starter moving forward. So I don't think there's any way we can keep all three of them. One of them is going to be picked up somewhere else. Guaranteed it. Uh, the riches that the 49ers have at the linebacking position, it's just insane. Um, I wish we could keep them all. We'll have to see what happens there. Uh, Colton McKivitz started getting more and more first rep, uh, first team reps at the right guard position, and a lot of this is because he's handling things well. One, McKivitz has played tackle, guard, and center in training camp. His rookie training camp, shortened training camp, they're not holding him back. Uh, they are just releasing this kid everywhere and seeing what he can do now I don't think there's any chance he's going to start week one it does seem like the starters are kind of predetermined and unfortunately the Ben Garland injury which I think Ben Garland will start week one I do uh he's he's out but I think that he will be back week one but because they had to move Daniel Brunskill from right guard to starting center um I think it kind of takes him out of the right guard starting spot for week one just week one um so it does seem it's going to be Ben Garland at center and Tom Compton at right guard. I know that's probably not what the fans want to hear, but I think that's where we're at. Um, and you're going to have McKivitz backing up the guard, both guard positions. And I think you're going to have uh, Brunskill just be in that center spot because he's got to learn it. And he's struggled at center. But that center spot is so much more valuable than the guards in Kyle Shanahan offense. It's huge. It goes both tackles, then center. The guard spots definitely carry nowhere near uh, close. You can look at the salaries. You can look at everything. Uh, Draft capital, all those things that Kyle Shanahan spent his career on, trades, everything, all that stuff. Center is huge. So if Kyle Shanahan doesn't get that locked up, expect a trade. I don't think they're going to have to go that far. But the injuries, eh, they're problematic couple other guys that stood out Charlie Warner had his best day on Sunday he had three huge catches with the first team from Jimmy Garoppolo obviously he's brought in as that additional blocking tight end but it kind of goes back to this idea and what if <laughs> what if this guy can kind of bring a little bit extra to the team uh, because obviously the tight end position needs to be caught you know a receiving tight end threat But even if he's that primary blocking guy, Charlie Warner we're talking about here, you got to add something in the receiving game. And he has that. And, you know, sticking with the tight ends, guess what? Jordan Reed, baby. First practice of the year in pads. It took a long time just because he was out of football shape. Um... Finally got his first practice in today. Not a lot of team snaps, but just the fact that he's getting closer and closer and closer and closer uh, to be in that spot. They want him to be the tight end too, especially in passing uh, situations, but he's just not there yet. So two weeks, we'll see. I think we kind of have to curtail expectations for Jordan Reed, who I think is a lock to make the roster but I don't think that he's going to have a huge week one or week two impact. I think that they are planning long-term for Jordan Reed uh, to slowly phase him in. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if he got five snaps week one. I think that's kind of the over-under if I was a betting man. Five snaps would be great. I don't think he's going to be in special teams. Um, You just put him out there on kind of like third and five, and you have two mobile tight ends that can kind of get out and run routes. I think that's kind of what to expect from him. Now let's get to George Kittle. Because his contract came out today, and this is huge. Uh, You always hear the numbers, oh, George Kittle, five years, $75 million. Everybody, oh, Oh, wait. (laughs) Just wait. Because you got to figure out where it costs and what year. So before we get into that, Kittle was asked today about yards after the catch. Little spoil, gonna self promotion here. You know, I'm no, (laughs) I don't mind promoting uh, the podcast and things like that. Quest for Six, our documentary, chapter two, the one that we're currently working on uh, post production. It's gonna be over yards after catch, it's gonna be the Yak Pack, baby. Uh, Kittle and Debo predominantly, so just kind of stand out for that. And so, whenever I heard this, I freaking got excited. So, here is George Kittle just talking about how important yards after the catch is. Which again, look at that mask, baby. Hey, George, you... uh, <laughs> I I'm, love it. I want
1: to ask you about yards after catch. Uh, obviously, I know you didn't get a ton of chance to do that in college, but it's <laughs> it's quite an emphasis in San Francisco. I'm curious how often you guys talk about it in the tight end room, and what are some of the things that have enabled you to be so successful with that?
0: Um, well, Yak starts with your drop step after you catch the ball and. She Just, yeah, it's really kind of a mindset, you know, you're not going to luck into it. It's you got to catch the ball, you have to have the mindset to get vertical and get downhill as fast as possible. Um, You know, that's one thing that Coach Shanahan talks about every single day, every single time he talks to the offense, he talks about drop step. Every time you catch the ball, get vertical. Don't try to juke someone out. Everyone in the NFL is coming to hit you, so get vertical as fast as you can. Split two defenders. I mean, it's something that we talk about every single day. Um, As an offense, you know, in the tight end room, we talk about it, I mean, I'm not out there. I'm not trying to juke anybody out. I'm either trying to run through somebody or split two guys, and you know that's a lot with Embo and just his mindset and his mentality, and he's you know kind of that's rubbed off rubbed off on you know the tight end room, and I kind of think the whole offense has learned how to do that. You know, Debo really really excelled at that last year. KB had one against the Rams on a third and sixteen. Uh, you know, that's a drop step, and you know that's where we get our yak from. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into $1,000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. You can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you've got playoff basketball actions on the horizon. And this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than 2 blocks. Lillard, 4 3-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to 100 Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. All right, and so kind of here's the issue. Sorry about that. Um, I think there are a few things about Kyle Shanahan's system that are quite unique. You can talk about the outside zone run. You can talk about all that kind of stuff, whatever. You talk about play action. I think that this is the thing. Um, I think it's outside zone, yards after the catch. Physicality at the offensive position every single where. Every single position has got to be physical, including the quarterback, Uh, because whenever you're doing play action, that means you're letting your quarterback get hit. And so whenever you have somebody like George Kittle that is able to lead the NFL in yards after catch back-to-back years from a tight end position, it's baffling. And so, you know, the question, I saw this in the comments, with all the issues at wide receiver, and they are a mess. The wide receiver position was a question mark when everybody was healthy. But whenever you take Debo out, whenever you take Brett and Iuke out, question marks arise even more. Well, here's the deal. For Kyle Shanahan, it's not so much about the personnel and the talent. Yeah, that helps. It's about the system, and it's about the tight ends. Can the 49ers win with all these issues at tight, uh, wide receiver? Hell yeah, they can. Uh, look at what they did in the playoffs against two solid defenses. Um, eh, if you want to call the Packers solid defense, they were de- average at best. Uh, but the Minnesota Vikings were a hell of a defense. Um, you know, top five defense, there's no doubt about that. Now, look what they did to them they completely imposed their will on them nonstop. Can the 49ers do that early on in the season versus some of the teams that they have Cardinals? Maybe not a great defense. They definitely upgraded a lot paid, you know, Buddha Baker, uh, the largest safety contract ever today. Uh, Buddha Baker's a hell of a player. We saw what George Kittle did to him though, right? Bounce him like a damn basketball, uh, in his own, <laughs> in his own building. Um, but yeah, I think you can move the ball against uh, the Cardinals. I think you can move the ball against the Giants and the Jets. I don't think there's any issues with that. If you can get people healthy by that week four spot against Philadelphia, I think that Philadelphia game is going to be huge. I-, I think the Eagles have a pretty good roster. Uh, they have some issues as well. But you could still win games with that they have, but you're not winning the games with wide receivers. Uh, that's not where the 49ers are. Now let's jump back to the kid old deal and kind of see where he's at. Now, a five year $75 million extension. Okay, so he was already signed through 2020. So that deal is already there. Now he is signed through 2025. So that technically we have Kittle for six years. That's the idea. Um now the cap hits are huge because this is a backloaded deal. Now he signed an $18 million signing bonus, which means he gets $18 million up front. Congratulations to him and his family. But you're going to spread that out over the length of the deal. It's a six-year deal, totally, uh, because it's five-year extension add-on to one year, six years. So you're going to spread that eighteen million out over those six years. That's three million a pop. So the total cap hit for each year, okay? And again, this is all from OverTheCap.com, which is a great site. Um, twenty twenty, this year, five point eight million to have <laughs> the best tight end in football. Next year. 2021 which is the big year everybody's worried about and the big reason why the Kittle contract extension couldn't get done salary caps drop at 25 million dollars so that was the hang-up on everything they were able to get that number down to 5.5 million dollars for 2021 exceptional work great work love it absolutely incredible because right now The 49ers had about $7 million in cap space in 2021, and that's before any extensions or cuts or trades or whatever. They're under the cap, and they've got their best player signed. Um, Obviously, there's a lot more deals that need to be done. You've got Trent Williams, all these other things. But now they have a little bit of room, and if they stay where they currently are, they'll be able to roll over about $7 million from this year, 2020, into 2021 if they don't sign anybody else or if they just sign veteran minimum players, they'll be able to roll that over. Uh, So no big signings, which I don't think they're going to. They're going to have a little bit of cap room. I think you've got enough now, penciled away... Plus, you add in just a couple restructured deals that you could do. Trent Williams, I think you're going to be able to get him. I I really, really do. You traded for him. He wants to be here. You want him here. I think there's going to be space now, uh, after seeing the Kittle deal, to be able to lock Trent Williams away long term. Now, the numbers do jump up considerably after 2021. It goes from 5.5 million in 2021 to 16.1 in 2022. To sixteen point three and eighteen point one, and then backs off a little bit in twenty twenty five to fifteen point five. So you've got a lot of numbers there, but you've got to be so happy about the twenty twenty and the twenty twenty one cap hit at five point eight, then five point five next year. Parag Marante is amazing. The dude is a magician. <laughs> I love that guy. This is a great deal. You know, Kittle gets a bunch of money up front. Which let's be honest, you're a fifth round pick you don't get paid on your rookie deal. Uh, You're not making very much money. He was still under a million dollars for this year. So it jumps up to five, but at no point is that going to be a deal breaker for making deals in the future. That's not what it is. Yeah. You're paying for a tight end, but again, he's the 12th highest paid wide receiver. If he was that, that is a steal. And the fact that you're only paying out 11 million over the course of the next two years, cap penalty wise, it's magnificent. Uh, the 49ers are in great position financially now moving forward to keep their system intact. Yes, there are going to be some tough decisions. Every team goes through those. But as far as your cornerstone-type players, I think you're okay. I think the 49ers are all right. Now let's move on to the last portion of the of this, and I'm excited. Uh, the defensive projected 53-man roster. Again, we already finished the offensive projections, so if you want to go listen to the previous episode, you'll hear that at the back half of that episode. Uh, But here we go. Let's do this. Defensive linemen last year, they kept 10 on their initial roster. I think that's going to continue this year, especially with some of the players being question marks and possibly not going to be ready week one. Okay, so I divided these into two groups, but with the 49ers, it's kind of blurred. You got guys like Eric Armstead that, you know, they're listed as an edge player, but they play inside as well. Uh, Solomon Thomas is an inside guy, but plays outside as well. So it's kind of blurry, but I tried to do this by edge and by interior. And right off the bat, man, just the edge players alone. Uh, there are some interesting battles taking place. There's uh, so the guys that are locks, okay? Nick Bosa guaranteed, D. Ford guaranteed, Eric Armstead guaranteed, Ronald Blair guaranteed. Okay, so you got four edge guys you guaranteed they're going to make the team. They like to have five. Okay, they brought in Deion Jordan on a one-year deal, but they have Kerry Hyder now. Deion Jordan probably will get the job. But I'm telling you what, Kerry Hyder he is Chris Kuceric's, like, he's his teacher's pet. And he has been balling out. Now the ceiling for Deion Jordan is through the roof, obviously number three overall pick. Uh, I think it was five, three or five, I think it was three. Uh, Kerry Hyder he has no prestige. He has nothing. But what he does have, heart and motor. Every single play, all the time, great special team. So, Curious to see what's going to happen there. Perhaps if there were some preseason games, Deion Jordan, I think, would have a better chance. But as of now, man, I'm going Kerry Hyder. I think he's going to beat out Deion Jordan. And Jordan is a guy who, if he doesn't get picked up somewhere else, possible practice squad guy. Can you believe that? (laughs) No other year would that even be a possibility. So those are my five edge guys. Interior defensive line. Your automatic locks. Javon Kinlaw, DJ Jones, Kevin Givens, Solomon Thomas. I think Contavious Street is going to make it. Uh, He is the one that's a little bit lower than the other ones, but I think those top four guys, you look at the defensive rotations that's taking place at practice and training camp. Those guys aren't going anywhere. Um, Kevin Contavious Street needs to work his way in there. Uh, and then, of course, you have Julian Taylor, who's going to be a PUP candidate. And, again, you have some practice squad possibilities with some of these undrafted free agents. Uh, you know, Jonathan Cabongo, Darion Daniels, I think that those are guys that could possibly be brought in to the practice squad. Um, now, linebackers, probably the toughest fight on the whole damn roster. This in running backs. Linebackers and running backs, deep, 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 deep. Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, Quan Alexander, automatic locks. As I talked about, the 49ers like to keep five linebackers because of special teams. Um, And I think there's two spots available for these three guys, as I said earlier today. Aziz Al-Shahar, Mark Mazocha, and then again, we got DFF, (laughs) Demetrius and Fowles. And I haven't even mentioned Joe Walker, who's probably the best special teamer out of everybody. So you've got so much competition just at this linebacker position, some people are going to be left out. And I promise you this, whoever the 49ers do have to cut, they're going to be picked up by another team. Uh, zero uh, it's just gonna happen now Jonas Griffith who I really really like out of Indiana State undrafted free agent he's already been waived but I do think that they will bring him back as a practice squad guy just because he fits the mold of exactly what they want from the linebacker position now cornerback and ouch (laughs) this sucks man Um, outside corner and nickel corner are two different stories Outside, I think the 49ers have depth for this year. Long term, absolutely not. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, Sherman, Mosley, they're locks. K. Williams, he's a lock for sure. Now you get into, you know, Akello Witherspoon, who he's taking first team reps. Jason Verrett, he's taking first team reps. I think those guys, they're here. Now what do you do? Because here, you only kept six corners last year. I already named five. That gives you one more. Um, and if you keep an extra corner, if you want to go seven corners, that means you got to drop a safety, um, which is rough, especially with where this team is at the safety position, uh, which I like our safety depth, but do you drop Tarvarius more? Hell no. I want that kid starting. Do you drop Marcel Harris? God, no. I don't think there's any way you can do that. Uh, what he's shown on film has been awesome. Yeah, he's made some mistakes. But back to the corner position. The guy that's getting all the first-team reps at nickel with Kwan Williams out it's Jamar Taylor. So I don't think anybody had him making the initial roster, but he's played relatively one with the ones. They haven't really missed a beat yet. Uh, now, is he K-1 Williams? No. But that means somebody's got to be out. Um, and for me, and I, I love this kid, but I think it's Tim Harris. I think he goes back to the practice squad, and you can call him out because Tim Harris cannot play the nickel role. And he has not cracked into the number one, the first team reps, at outside corner um this is hard for me i'm a i'm a tim harris guy out of virginia i think he's he's got the he's got the body type and just needs some more seasoning and the 49ers got to think one this is a tough decision because you could lose him. and this is a guy you've focused all last year on but you have the depth that outside corner now so the question is do you let's say you do want to keep tim harris on your 53 man initial roster you got to be willing to lose somebody else. One of the linebackers who's going to play on special teams. One of the safeties, Marcel Harris. I don't know. Uh, it is a tough decision. So, again, my six, Sherman, Mosley, Witherspoon, Kwan Williams, Jamar Taylor, and Jason Verrett. I, I think those are the six corners that I would keep, which leads us to the safety position. Last year they kept three. I think they keep all four. I really, really do because let's say Kwan Williams goes down or – jamar taylor goes down at nickel jimmy ward's going to be the nickel he's the third guy he's the emergency guy that's going to be out there and so you got to keep jimmy ward you got to keep jaguaski tart no way you're cutting tarverius more he'll get claimed in a heartbeat and i think marcel harris will as well so you got to keep four they only kept three last year so this is one of those spots that they you got to keep um And, you know, the three specialists, Robbie Gold, Mitch Wisnowski, and Kyle Nelson, I think that's where they got to be as well. So that's our 53-man roster. That's kind of where we're at, and that's a competitive roster. Just get past some of these injuries. Football, it's got 100% injury (laughs) rate, so this is just part of it. You know, you look across the league, and you're seeing teams losing starters and safeties from torn Achilles and ACLs and all that kind of stuff. It's football. It's the way it goes. And every team has to go through it. And who handles it the best and mitigates loss the best usually have a pretty damn good season. So we'll have to see how they respond. Hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. I know it's pretty deep. A lot of meat and potatoes to it. But there's just a lot of stuff going on. We're pretty damn close to the start of the season. And I'm excited. Really, really excited, as always. and Can't wait to talk more football with you guys. Uh, fortunately, I got a bell. Uh, it's about time for me to head to the good old orthodontist with the boy. Um, and until next time, stay strong, faithful, love you guys, appreciate all the support, as always. And uh, if you need anything, please reach out on Twitter, at JL underscore Chapman, and we will talk to you guys next time.